and I'm Star. Welcome, Welcome to, to Divination. Divination. How are you today? I'm good. We're going to be super transparent here <laughs> and say that this is take two of episode one because yeah, there take 2.5. Is- <laughs> take 2.5. I feel like this is this is what it's about. We attempted our first episode and post- <laughs> posted about it and everything. Yeah. Carla found the Finding Nemo. Today's the day. The sun is shining. The tank is clean. That's one of my favorite movies, by the way. And we were like so excited. We went into the studio. Um, shout out to Javi and Diana for Diana. Savage Coffee for opening up your home and your studio space for us. Yes. So they kind of helped us with our trailer and getting our first episode. But like we said, that take didn't go. We finally have our equipment and we're all set up in our own little space. Yes. And it's exciting to be Shoes here. off coffee on the table and I didn't know this this is super interesting and I don't think Star knew this either because I bought her coffee or she bought me coffee and she brought two iced coffees and I was like I don't drink iced coffee and then like today oh my god I did not know that <laughs> and then today I like I'm like do you want coffee she's I'm like and I kind of noticed she likes iced coffee so I was like do you want iced coffee she's like yeah and I'm like okay cool because I don't drink iced we're coffee. still learning each other I did not know that she did. I even, even if it's freaking like 100 degrees outside on a summer day, I'm like, cafecito. And that's like, I don't know if it's like mi abuelita <laughs> or what, but I, for real, I don't know. And I'm the opposite. Like, it could be freezing and I'm like, I need iced coffee. There you are, so. like, <laughs> mixing your eyes. You're one of them. <laughs> I'm one of those, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Well, guys, today's episode is Sit With It and we are excited. We are ready we are ready to get real with emotions, raw and 180, turn this table upside down. Thank y'all so much for being here with us, for sharing this space with us, and for taking the time out of your day to just literally sit with us. Yeah, love it. I'm Carla. Uh, I am 28 years old. I feel like I'm like one of those pageant models. I'm Carla, I'm 28 years old. I'm from Texas, <laughs> representing Texas today. Um, I'm a mom. I have a beautiful partner in this life and I have literally a million interests. So I won't try to even name them. I'm a Latina and I'm very proud of that. Uh, Both of my parents were born in Mexico. So I'm a first generation Mexican-American. That's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. I am Star. I am 29. I am married to a wonderful man. His name is Sergio. We have been together for quite some time been married a couple of years how long have y'all been together sorry we have been together for 12 years 12 years and she's 29 y'all do the math (laughs) (laughs) and we have been married though for three years so it's been some time i we don't have kids yet and you want kids i do i do want kids but we don't have any yet i think it's to come at some point but not quite yet so we'll we'll see we're having fun Woo! <laughs> cheers to that coffee cheers <laughs> cheers and i'm also a latina I was born and raised here in san antonio so i don't exactly know what generation i am but that's part of me exploring myself as well yeah so. that's your story i'm I'm like, let's do the 23 and me and find out where I, we live. I really do want to do that <gasps> just because I'm proudly Latina, but I would love to know the intricacies. I don't know that yet. I'm also a grad student. 
I am going to school. I'm in my master's program for clinical mental health psychology. So I'm going to come to Star and be like, girl, what's wrong with me? She'd be like, everything, everything's wrong with you. <laughs> same, same. And I'm supposed to be helping people. So we will see how that goes. I like you have a million different hobbies right now. I'm in pottery, pole dancing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for fitness, pole dancing for fitness, but and for you, and for you, girl, it, and for me. But even if you are pole dancing for the money, no judgment here at all. Never any judgment here. Our Never. doors are open. You're for gonna all learn the real quick and real <laughs> soon that we hold zero judgment here. So, what does sit with it mean? Not self sabotaging, analyzing, feeling your intuition, listening to to yourself, sitting with it. And feeling every single emotion, understanding every emotion, and not numbing it away. Truly sitting with it defines real raw moments within yourself versus running away from them. And to me, it was not running away. And then the most difficult part for me was not harming or hurting myself because of what I was feeling so really having to hold the judgment like last night I just sat with myself and I was like how did I sit with it like when did this start and I realized that I've been in this process for years it was probably there was like a catalyst I think for it and I didn't realize it at the time and I was I suppressed it in that moment it was 2018 it was oh, so like way pre-pandemic it wasn't like because of something that yeah yeah it was it was I think that the catalyst was in 2018 but I don't think it surfaced until post-covid so mm. like 2018 um the week of graduation I was graduating college um from UTSA and that week, that week, I was, um, it was a Google research, really. That's what tipped it off. So I know that sounds crazy, but I was going for a couple of different teaching interviews and I wanted to Google myself. I Googled my name. Oh my God, what came up? <laughs> so tell us, tell us. I have had an estranged relationship with my biological father. I knew of him. I knew who he was. I maybe saw him in my lifetime about three times, but I didn't know him, know him. And I knew him a lot less then than I actually even thought I did know him at that point. So my family was actually keeping a lot from me. I think in part what they thought to protect me, but it wasn't, I don't know that it necessarily protected me as much as it prolong something that I had to face yeah. much later. Yeah. So I Google my father. Well, I Google my name yeah. and my father comes up. Same last name. My Same last Okay, okay. Name. So kind of that there's more to that. So okay. um, I Google myself, my first name, my maiden last name, and he comes up. But his name is spelled a little bit differently, but it's a record. It's a... Um, like his criminal record, essentially. So I start pulling up files and files. And this is obviously not what I was looking for. I was just searching for myself. And 
you know, what comes up, making sure everything looks good. Like I'm about to go be a teacher yeah. and I find his criminal record and I find that he has a deep, extensive record and he is a child molester, a child rapist. Oh my God. And I, I don't know. I don't really, I honestly don't know. I don't know what I was feeling at that time, but I know that it hit me like, nothing had up until that point I feel like so much had hit me like I had already had a lot of feelings not having a relationship with him my entire life and you didn't know why growing up right I didn't know why um to my knowledge you know just the relationship between my mom and him didn't work out yeah and um I assumed that he just didn't want to be a part of my life because he had many children that he wasn't a part of their life oh okay so you know all my life, I kind of dealt with this, like, what I know now is an abandonment wound. Yeah. And, but then there was just more to it. So I went, I sort of confronted my mom about it and she wasn't ready. You know, she wasn't ready for it. It caught her off. How old were you at this point? I want to say I was 24. Okay. About 24. Okay. Yeah. Or Maybe 25, around there. This was 2018. I just know this was June 2018, so I got to do the math. But <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this was then that I found out. And, of course, you know, she wasn't ready to sit with me and um, to answer any of my questions. That didn't come until much later. But that event shook me. It shook me to my core, essentially. And I felt like I had I was having all sorts of identity issues. Like, that's my father. He did that to women. He did that to that to the little girls that are now women. He, like, what part of me is entangled with him? I had to really, like, untangle myself from who he is and what he did. And it was tough. So... I think that was definitely a catalyst for what later would be um, what I call or what I came to learn um, was a dark night of the soul. And I learned that term and I'll kind of define that for you too because I don't know have you ever heard of no I don't know what a dark night of the soul is. <laughs> I know you just said that and I'm like okay what? Uh-huh. So the dark night of the soul Star's here to educate not just me, (laughs) but you guys, because what is that? So obviously when I was going through this, I had no idea that this is called, this was, there's a name to what this experience was. I felt so alone and it makes so much sense now that this is what I was going through. And before I even, I feel like went through this period, I actually suppressed this. I think I pushed this to the side for a couple of years until I could no longer but Dr. Nicole Lepra, she's a holistic psychologist. I love her. I feel like she's definitely one of those like pave the way type of people who is doing things in a new way that we haven't really seen before, especially in the realm of psychology. But she talks about the dark night of the soul. And she says that the dark night of the soul happens when a person goes through a period of sadness, confusion, and despair. 
and that sometimes the dark night of the soul is triggered by a crisis. Other times, it's the result of a long period of emptiness or an awareness of unhealthy family dynamics or patterns. Oof. So. I just identified with like four of those. (laughs) Exactly. Therefore leading to my own realization. Oh my God. So when... I don't think I don't believe that I even allowed myself to like go here yet. So after I found that out about my father, I feel like I suppressed it. I went full force into checking the boxes of life and I just decided to ignore that and my life just went on and I never addressed it. So later, you know, everything came forward but by that point um she also talks about um how there's often a lot of fear and I do feel that I was very afraid of facing a lot of what was going on inside of me and she says that um so I'll quote this from her there's often a lot of fear during the process because you're becoming aware of your own trauma the trauma carried within society and the reality that we live in a culture of people who were conditioned to live in autopilot So that's what I did to myself. I put life on autopilot on full blast because it was easier to live in autopilot than it was to face anything that I was feeling. Fast forward to about 2020. That's when I realized that I can no longer suppress this. It was the end of 2020. I was turning 27 and I think in August of 2020, so we've already kind of been through the bulk of COVID at that point. Um, I'm still teaching. Serge and I actually got married the year before in 2019. So we kind of got married right. Um, People basically got sick from it at our wedding. We didn't know that that's what was going on, but that's what was happening. So we got married. You guys had a December wedding, right? December 2019. And then 2020 comes around. So it's about a whole year later. My birthday is in November. So the end of 2020, like I can no longer suppress how much I'm living on autopilot. It, I don't know what happened, but it came like a ton of bricks. I wasn't happy anymore. Like I couldn't hold in what I was feeling anymore. Self-realization. Yes. Yeah. The awareness. It was settling in that... I wasn't happy with myself. I had let my health get out of control. I wasn't happy in my relationship, our dynamics of our relationship. Serge and I had, we had been together for a long time. And a long time. Long. (laughs) Essentially grown up together, right? Yeah. Um, Seen many different versions of ourselves. I'm not saying anything before that wasn't beautiful, but I am saying that as a relationship, we were not conscious. We were not aware of ourselves and what we were bringing to the relationship up to that point. And that's a scary realization when you're already married. And I felt like we we were very much on autopilot and we had to confront it. And I think that so much was going on in my life. Like I was confronting, it felt like I was confronting myself. I was confronting my relationship. I was confronting my family. I was confronting so much things at once that it just felt so overwhelming. So in relationships, the easiest thing that you could do is run. And at least it was for me. And so I felt like 
we brought up divorce during this time period. We brought up just going our separate ways. We brought up so many things. And between 2020 and 2021, I experienced the most amount of self-growth realization. I just had to unpack it. You were very open about that at the time. Like, I feel like even on your social media, like you were sharing, you know, your fitness journey and how you were focusing on your health. Mm -hmm. And then you were sharing like some spiritual quotes and things that really drew my attention to who you were as a person. And I've known you since sixth grade, but I feel like at that moment, I'm like, holy shit, Star and I have a lot in common. Yeah. And I was feeling the same way towards you because I was seeing you kind of posting some of the same things or just like in that period of your lifetime too. Obviously we're on two, our two journeys. Yeah, but of course. No journey is, no journey is. <laughs> <laughs> but you could totally tell that, you know, there was something there that we could probably connect with. Did we connect immediately right then and there? No, but I think that we always have supported each other. What I like to say, support each other in, in the behind the scenes. Yeah, like, no, 100%. Always like rooting each other on and whatever we have going on, whether it's my health journey, your business, whatever it was, we were always somehow connected yes. if it was a small way. So yeah, you're right. Like during that year between 2020 and 2021, I did get really transparent um, with a lot of people, but most importantly with myself, it was probably one of the hardest years. I was facing so much. I had to realize that so much of my patterns were dysfunctional. I had unhealthy attachments to my partner, to my friends, to all my relationships, to my status, to my career. At that point, everything I felt like I had, I was turning it upside down and inside out. Like, why did I choose this? And lay it all out on the table. Exactly. I felt like I was literally unpacking my childhood. Oof, that could, that must have not been easy. No, it was an emotional rock bottom essentially is what I call it. Um, the dark night of the soul. <laughs> I spent so much time just wanting to be accepted in my life and wanting to be loved. And I know that stemmed from, you know, like I said, that abandonment wound from my father, but I had to face those problems. I had to face a lot of my patterns and why I chose to do things a certain way. And I think that in later episodes, I could get more in depth and more into the nitty gritty of like what that year was. It's so much for one episode. No, yeah, (laughs) no, I agree. Right. But it's like this, this episode is called sit with it. And I feel like Star just described what sitting with it really, truly fucking means. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be rainbows and wonderland. Like it is rough. And like she said, like you freaking turn everything inside out and and you pour everything onto the table, your feelings, your emotions. Personally, my story is not as intense. But one of the biggest things that I want to transpire is it doesn't matter like what you are personally going through. And if it's less than somebody else's story, it doesn't matter that what's happening with you isn't enough. Like, oh, well, they have it worse. Oh, well, this. Like, no. If you feel in your heart that something needs to be addressed, like the dark night of the soul, like things are starting to not make sense in your life. Things are starting to feel uncomfortable. There's a reason for that. There's an energy and spiritual reason as to why you're feeling this way. And I think that that's really important. Carla, during that time What was coming up for you? Oh, man. So personally, my story, Jesus Christ. Okay. 
I, at this point in my life, was not happy with myself. I was drinking uncontrollably and not personally, it wasn't uncontrollably. Like I wasn't waking up at 9am cracking a beer or opening a bottle of scotch or whatever, but it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, fun day. And it's like, those are four days out of the week. That's not healthy. If you start adding the, when you go to the doctor and like, how many drinks do you have a day or how many drinks do you drink? And I'm like, when you're, when your response is a day, a week, a month, like that's not, you know, that's not ideal. And so I had to really dig deep down and and realize like what was driving me to drink. I started drinking really young. I was probably like 14 years old um, and nobody ever stopped me. You know, I would go to Mexico with my cousins and it was fun and we would go to the clubs. And I think about it now as a mom, my son is nine years old. He is not too far from being that age. I would literally smack the shit out of him. Like what, what is wrong with you? And that's like a whole nother thing. You know, the dynamic with my mom, like, where was she? Why didn't she ever stop me? And not in like the, let me shelter my kid kind of stop me way. Cause you know, the European lifestyle, they give you a little glass of champagne on new years and so forth. But the relationship that I had with alcohol was not healthy. And it transpired into every other relationship in my life, who I was as a mom, who I was as a partner, the disrespect that I allowed between my partner and I, when I was drinking, that part of my life was super ugly and now I can enjoy a glass of wine in you know in a good setting you know at dinner or I'll have a cocktail here or there celebrating somebody now that relationship is so much different but I've been thinking about it for a while right like I'm like I should stop I should drink less why am I doing this July 2022 I really internally looked at myself and I came to that conclusion and I came to that moment where I'm like yeah no this is not okay it's not okay because at this point, it's not just affecting me, but it's affecting everybody I love. For my sister, who is a registered nurse, uh, and my brother-in-law, who is also in the medical field, to come up to me and like tell me, like, hey, you're drinking too much. You, you should stop, you know? That's not an easy thing to hear, especially when you don't think that it's a problem. And honestly, in that moment, I'm like, okay, crap. Like, if the people that I love the most are seeing this my son told me I don't think I ever want to drink what would let like what would lead his little heart to even think that what what would make him feel like oh I don't ever want to drink like is it the lifestyle I'm living is it because he sees me at my lowest and he's like I don't want to be like that like that that was a harsh thing to hear and so for for me I'm like holy shit like no, this isn't okay. And I can, I mean, I can unpack so much my relationship with my mom, the relationship I had with my dad, uh, how I don't respect them personally on a different level. Like I love and respect them as my parents. But I think when you're a parent and you realize like, or when you're an adult and you realize how messed up things were or why, and it's like, it shouldn't have been that way. And that's, another reason I'm like I want to be different as a mom I want to be different towards my kid I'm not a mom so I I don't relate to you there but the feeling of needing to reparent yourself yes and now you're a parent so you're also needing to parent someone but you got to reparent yourself absolutely yeah and that alone I had to you know I went to therapy because of all the freaking emotions that I never dealt with and I 
I'm I'm happy I went to therapy. I'm a better person because of it. If therapy's not for you, light a candle, pray, whatever. Um, but I went to therapy and it worked for me and it did wonders and I became a better person because of it. I now have a really healthy relationship with my partner and I am a better mom now. I am focused on my health in a beautiful way, not because I want to be a size two model, but because I want to live to be a grandmother for, you know, for my family. This is kind of just what led me to sit with it for myself was I got to a point where other people were telling me things. I was already kind of internally telling myself for months and the dark night of the soul. I didn't even know that this is what was happening to me, that this is what I was feeling, that discomfort, that this is an okay feeling, that shift, you know, the energy that's like, hey, you're not where you need to be and you know that you're better than this. And I'm thankful for this beautiful journey. And it's not over. We're always healing. We're always going through it. Nothing's constant in this life. Like nature, everything's going to continue. And one day, even to the point where like we won't be here anymore. So we got to make the best of this fucking life. I definitely agree with it's not over. It'll never be over. But at some point, you finally decide, you know what? Yes, I am healing, but I'm also living. Yeah. And I'm going to make the best of how I'm living. I'm going to be aware of how I'm living. I'm going to make these decisions for myself primarily before anyone else. Another huge thing is I chose to forgive myself for what I did to survive. And I try not to condemn myself for the moments and the trauma and everything I've gone through because... It's, it's part of my story. It's part of who I am. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it's what led me to the person that I am today. That's powerful. I do feel that that is probably the hugest step that you can take is forgiving yourself. Because a lot of times when you, you know, when you are in living that life on autopilot, when you're living that life in unawareness, your actions match that unawareness. Your actions match the fact that you're kind of lost. And I feel like that's what my actions to that point were screaming to me. They were basically screaming to me like, you are lost. Let's find a way home. Exactly. And home being like who you are. Exactly. Your soul, your energy, who you are as a person. Like when you no longer recognize yourself in the mirror, it's like, come on, girl, we got to bring this on home. Yes. Instead of Drinking it away or smoking it away or whatever, gambling it away. Shopping, smoking, drinking, sex. I mean, there's so many vices that people choose. Yeah, truly sit with it and heal through it, you know? I definitely felt like this has been a beautiful journey of coming home to myself. I love that. Good for you. Woo, go start. And good for you. (laughs) You have... I think that's what has us here today, that we are still in a way coming home to ourselves, but now we're ready to invite others too. like come with us, come home to yourself too. And you're not alone. And that feeling of despair and fear, you're not alone in it. There are people out here who have been through it too and are ready to talk about their journeys and so that you that way you don't feel alone if this podcast helped one person that's all we want that's it we want to transpire real raw emotions and we're here for it 
even though you want to run, even though it's heavy, it's difficult, even though you're not quite sure of the way through, healing happens through feeling. And that's the way out for me personally. So we asked our followers on Instagram, all 52 of (laughs) y'all, what have you had to sit with in your own healing journey? And we did have a couple responses. So we're going to read those out. Always anonymous, you guys. You can always send in any questions, thoughts that y'all might be having. We'll never share your name, who you are, where this information came from. So something that actually touched my heart that I had to deal with in my own sitting with it journey, this person said, That just because they are family doesn't mean you have to put up with their shit. Boundaries. And all caps, boundaries. Because honestly, if you don't have boundaries with yourself, with your partner, with your friendships, with your family, things can get wiggly and not good. And boundaries really resonates with me because that's something that I had to do we didn't grow up in a household that was like boundary driven. If I was going exactly. same super TMI, but like if I was going pee, my mom would just walk in and I'm like, okay, I guess there's no privacy in this house, you know? And unfortunately I didn't know any better. You know, it's my mom. I don't care. But now I'm as a mom and even as a partner in life, like I do not walk into the bathroom if Either of my family members are in there. I just, I, that's so disrespectful to me. We could get real deep into the boundaries and we will save that for another episode. But thank you for sharing that. It's very important to have those boundaries and set those boundaries with anybody and within yourself. I 100% agree. Boundaries was very hard for me. Working through life, like over performing, I guess, in a sense, um, boundaries was scary. So I think I had to work through that part first why was it scary why did it feel that way and then I had to set them for myself and from there just kind of you know it it's I still work on that to this day so same another follower had said discomfort but through the midst of that discomfort comes so much growth and elevation so first thank you for sending that in because it in itself to admit that you had to sit with your discomfort is extremely hard. I really resonate with that myself. I think discomfort was definitely what led me forward. And so I 100% agree with that. Um, The growth on the other side of discomfort, it's worth it. Yeah. No growth can come from the comfort zone you're in. So same for me. I, I, we, I was, I was very comfortable where I was in life and I didn't, I didn't realize that that was what Star mentioned earlier, just being on autopilot. And it was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, I'm here to tell you that life on the other side of autopilot can get really beautiful. Woo! So, all right, y'all. So we are aware that this episode was a little heavy. We came in strong for our first episode, but uh, we wanted to really lay the foundation for what our work is here and what we plan to do. There's still so much to unpack um, when it comes to sitting with it. We kind of just touched the surface level, touched a little bit of our stories. And we hope that y'all found some value in that, some comfort, something that tells you that you're not alone. Thank you guys for joining us on our very first episode. This was deep and raw and exciting all in one. We finally got a done star. Episode one is in the books. And we cannot wait for episode two and everything that this journey has to offer us. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you're listening to us on. 
We are at Divination Podcast on Instagram, and I am at Carla Love. And I'm at With All My Love Star. Talk, Talk soon. soon.